0: Good morning. Uh, This is really a big Sunday in our church each year. We call it Life is Better Connected, so we're glad that you're here. Um, I want to start off with asking you a question. If somebody says to you, I can make your life better, what's your response? Now, is it a how? Yeah, I really want to know, or I'm not sure you're going to make my life better, right? Uh, Maybe it's just me. I'm a skeptic. Um, So I'm a little hesitant. Um, so, I'm going to approach the topic this morning with that in mind. That you might be hesitant, and try and build a case. If if not, something else, convince you that uh, of the importance of this. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going. We I'm start with a well, yeah. Let's start with this question. Uh, we all want to be known for something. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? When people think about you, what do they think? Good guy, not so good guy. Good dad, not so good. Hard worker, lazy person. <laughs> what do people think? Now, it's interesting because what you and I are willing to show is what we want people to know about us and what we, willi- what we hide is stuff we don't want people to know about us, right? In fact, this this. This affects what hurts our feelings, too. If you want to be known for a hard work and somebody calls you lazy, you're going to be, your feelings are going to be hurt. If, somebody, if you want to be known as somebody that's a, a kind person and somebody says you're mean, your feelings are going to be hurt. So we all want to be known for something. So well, I, I put next what the question is. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? <clears throat> so I'm going to try and answer this question. Not that this sermon's about me. This teaching, but just give you an example. Top of my list would that, that I'm a, be a faithful Jesus follower. Um, I hope that those of you know me would say, "Hey, yeah, Pastor Allen is a faithful Jesus follower." And Then I'd have some things that most of you would have. You know, uh, a good husband, a good dad. Of course, now I'm a granddad. I'd be a good granddad. A couple of the things I would like to be known for is to be hardworking. I, I, tend to, I try and work hard and, and that somebody that would kind of be, somebody that would be there to help and support when somebody needs help. Uh, one biggie, I got this from my mom, we were growing up, we could do almost anything. If we lied about it, our discipline would be twice as bad, okay? She just hated people lying. So hopefully people would say that I'm a truthful person. So what do you want to be known for? Your list would be different, everybody's list would be different. But here's the next question what do you do when you don't measure up i want to be a good dad but i've not been a good dad i want to be as helpful person but i've not been especially what do you do when you don't measure up to you not just you know you don't measure up to me but what happens when you don't measure up to you and you do the same thing that i do we pretend right I pretend to be a better dad than I am. I pretend to be a better husband than I am. I pretend to be a better Jesus follower than I am. The problem with that is this. That me that you get to know is an imaginary me, right? It's not the real me because I'm not showing you the real me. I'm showing you what I want you to see or what I want you to know about me. Uh, It gets worse. The moment you, we start pretending, we stop growing. We stop getting better. We stop improving. We stop maturing. Because we're not improving those things. We are hiding those things. We are pretending those things. And, and emotionally, spiritually, uh, whatever, we get stuck. We don't grow. We don't improve. Now, I'm a pastor. Let me confess, pastors at the worst. are the worst at this, or the best at this. Because... You all have images of pastors, and none of us can live up to that image. You think I pray 12 hours a day and study the Bible 12 hours a day and visit people 12 hours a day. Uh, no, no pastor can do that. And so consequently, we are the worst at this. We at hiding the real us. So we all have this gap between what people see and who we really are. <clears throat> now, let me be honest. You would prefer me Not to know me. For example. You wouldn't want to know that I called up John last night to bring me home from the bar because I was too drunk to drive home. That didn't happen, did it John? John is in here? (laughs) I paid him not to tell. (laughs) You you wouldn't want to know that, would you? It didn't happen, by the way. I've never been drunk my whole entire life, actually. But you wouldn't want to know if that was true, would you? Now we all face that same pressure, especially if you're a Jesus follower because people have expectations of us as Jesus followers. So if you're not, we're delighted that you're here. Um, <clears throat> I think this, this, this teaching will be helpful to you also. So I'll put the word up here, gaps, there's gaps. Gap between the real me and the pretend me, the me that you see. <clears throat> and we all do this, we all pretend, and we all hide. <clears throat> You know where the best place we do that is? Or the worst place? <laughs> right here. Pick on some of you parents with little ones. You may have been screaming at your kids or screaming at your spouse on the way here in your minivan. A lot of you have minivan. <laughs> we used to have one. And as soon as you park the car, you tell your kids, all right. Now, the funny thing is your kids will tell their teachers, hey, my parents were fighting in the car before we got here. <laughs> but you won't say that. And you'll come in with a smile on your face, and if I ask you how you're doing, you'd say fine or great. And ah. so this is the worst place or the best place to pretend, isn't it? <clears throat> now, why do we do that? Because we think that if you knew the real me, if you knew we were arguing in the car coming over here, you wouldn't like me. You would judge me. But here's the flip side. If people don't know what you're really like, they don't really like you. Isn't that true? If you're not showing the real you, the person they like is the pretend you. It's not the real you. Uh, society would call it image-making. We all are making an image, and famous people, rich people have people to do this for them, right? <laughs> Most of us can't afford somebody to do that for us. But we all are image makers. I came across a cool word this week. We are all pretendaholics. We are addicted to pretending. The problem is, until we embrace the real us, we can't make a better us. So I, wanna, I, I hope you want to make, make a better you. So we want to be known for something. Being a good guy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What we really need, though, is to be known by someone—or maybe not. One of our famous, our, our most popular, our, our favorite videos: Shallow Small Group. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, maybe get some free grub. Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You'd be able to help. You're an adult, life ain't easy. Let's just stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really wanna do life together. Frankly, it's shallow small group. We try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. <laughs> You'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth. <laughs> who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It was a pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's names. Wrong, but, oh, hey, man, how's it going? Oh, dude. That we know you have it, eh? I mean, that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? That's not really the vibe we're going for. We have a conflict like the plague. And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. To you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy. And we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. <laughs> Some people say we're superficial. But hey, the word super and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow, small group. Because when things get too deep, people drown. <laughs> Won't you join us? We all want to be super, right? <laughs> now, we need to be known by someone. We need to drop the pretense. We need to be show the real us. We need to take the risk. Um, and when you do that, or if you've done that, or in a places you've done that, it's really attractive to be able to relax and let your guard down and, and be the real you. Now, we've probably been in, in situations or scenarios where we said, those people are for real. And if your experience in church is like most people, you would say you wouldn't say that about this place. Those people all have smiles on their faces, their knife's not real. But somewhere, maybe with your fishing buddies or hunting buddies, or your ladies, you know, go out to lunch. Those people are real. But maybe it's not so much those people are real is that you are real with them. And it feels really good, doesn't it? It's attractive, but it doesn't even have to be healthy. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but rehab romances are really epidemic. People get in a rehab, they're unhealthy people, they're sharing their lives, they're sharing their garbage, and hey, you, you, you got the same problem that I do. I think I love you, let's get married. That happens. Quite often, even if it isn't healthy. So to be truly known is such a powerful thing. And that's why the Bible talks about it so much. That's what you were created for. Now you might not believe this, but the best place to do that is or should be here, church. So we're going to look at a couple things that some pastors said. And these are verses in the Bible we kind of mostly ignore. All right? So I'm going to give you that heads up also. So here's this is the pastor of the first church of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. James, the brother of Jesus, he said this. Confess your sins to each other. I'm not going to do that. That's nobody else's business, is it? Well, that's not what James was telling his congregation. And why would you do that? Well... So you can pray for each other so they may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You want to be healed. You want to be better. You want to mature. You can't hide those things. You've got to reveal those things. You've got to share those things. People get to pray for those things. But again, this is one of these verses <laughs> that we ignore, right? Now, I'm going to pause, and you find some stranger in the church, and you confess your deepest, darkest sin to him. all right? Go. Boy, I have a lot of authority, don't I? Everybody just jumped up and did what I said. (laughs) Now, that'd just be weird, wouldn't it? It'd be uncomfortable. By the way, if you did that, let the other person go first. (laughs) You just can't do that in here. But James is instructing his congregation, his church, the Jesus followers to do that. Another pastor in Hebrews is writing this. <clears throat> Let us think of ways to motivate one another, acts of love and good works. Again, find a stranger. And I want you to do that. Ready? I'm not going to say it, because you're not going to do it, are you? Why are you not going to do that? Because it's weird, and you really couldn't. How can I motivate I don't know. Uh, try harder. Do better. Go for it. It's just all kind of cliches, right? It wouldn't be very helpful But again, this was an instruction to the church. Jesus followers, this is what you and I are supposed to do. Can't do it in here though, right? He goes on. Let us not neglect the meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In the church today, evangelical church today, we get so much about individuality. That you can become a Jesus follower, and you can accept Jesus, and you can do this on your own. The teachings of the New Testament, the Bible in general, but New Testament especially, is Christianity cannot be a solo act. You can't do it on your own. You're not designed to do it on your own. It doesn't work on your own. You need to do it together. Encourage one another. And Paul, he started a lot of churches. He had this to say. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin and you are, who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, be careful that fall into the same temptation yourself. And what is your reaction to that verse? Well, depending. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I don't think that's any of my business and you don't want me doing it because you don't think it's not any of my business either, do you? But notice what he says next. Share each other's burdens. Some translations say carry each other's burdens. In this way obey the law of Christ. I can't carry what I don't know, can I? I I don't know unless you share it. Again, you really can't do it in here, can you? But the church is instructed to do it. Now the law of Christ is to treat, love other people the way that God loves you. <clears throat> one other thing Paul said. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you. How did Christ accept you? Just the way you are, unconditionally, right? Why? Why did God do that? The reason is, that's the only way He can change you. Now, if somebody doesn't accept you, change you? No. So God accepts us just like we are, not so that we'll stay just like we are, so that in response to that acceptance, we'll be motivated to change, to mature. We should never leave not change. Now, pa- parents, you do this for your kids. You love them, accept them just the way they are, but you don't let them stay that way, do you? I hope you don't. <laughs> my parents didn't do me, I didn't do my kids, because you want them to Mature and to grow. So we all need a therapist, right? There's not enough therapists to go around, is there? I don't think that's what will work. In fact, I don't think they had therapists in the first century. Maybe they did. I don't know. What well, what we all need is a circle. We talk about this a lot. Circles are better than rows. Face-to-face is better than me standing up here looking at you and you look standing out there looking at me. Now, I love in here. I get, basically, I get paid for doing what I do in here. I spend more time during the week getting ready for this half hour of mine each week. But a lot of these things that the church needs to do, most important things to do, you cannot do in here. Got to be in a circle. We call those groups. That's where you and I can be changed, transformed, mature, grow. So we're talking about real church over big church. That's what we all need. So we as a church have created a place for people like us. They're Jesus followers that want to improve, want to change, want to grow, want to share one another's burdens, want to support one another, etc., etc., Uh, next statement's this, acceptance with a view to improvement. That's our goal. That's our goal of our groups, that's the goal of our church. Acceptance, but not so you stay that way, acceptance with improvement. Now, why is our church about that? Why should church be about that? Because that's what Jesus is about, right? He accepts you just like you are, but he doesn't want you to stay that way. And the best place that can happen is in a circle. Put it on your outline. Real people, not pretend people. Then we can become real friends because I get to know you, you get to know me and then we can really change. (laughs) Let me try and prove this to you. Have you been to church, going to church for a while? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? How many sermons do you remember? I know it's tough on me as as a pastor, preacher. I'd be lucky if you remember last week's, much less last year's or five years ago or ten years ago. What do you remember? You remember the relationship, right? People that poured into your life and and people you were able to pour into their life. That's what you remember. That's your fondest memories of quote unquote church. So, again, you and I can't change until we're real. So, we're going to encourage you to be in a group. We're going to give you a card to fill out this morning. Looks like this. Give us as much information as you can, personal information on the front, your choice of times, places, type of group. We'll do the best job we can. We can't satisfy everybody's needs. The best job, We go ahead and pass them out, guys. Whoever's got them. Um, uh, You may want to be a group leader. You may offer your home as a place to meet, whatever it might be. But let me just say to this to you. Imaginary you won't get in a group. Imaginary you says I don't have time to be in a group. And our groups usually go about an hour and a half. But do you have some wrinkles in your life? In your marriage, in your relationships, and your finances? We all do, don't we? The best place to iron out wrinkles is in a group. One of my groups, we have a... a, a, a Parents to bring their child to the group. Not to sit outside. He sits, actually sits in our group. <clears throat> and you know how, it's a little strange sometimes, but you know what, what, it, what that couple is modeling for that child? This is important enough for us to, to leave this one evening a week so we can share our lives with these folks and those people can share their lives with us. And uh, another bonus... We'll give you this fan, one of these fantastic t-shirts if you join a group. <laughs> Looks like this. Some people have them on this morning. All right? Now, all kidding aside, seriously, we want to be known for something. We need to be known by someone. Are you going to take the risk? If you're a serious Jesus follower, you do not have an option about this. You can argue with the verses, you can cut them out of your Bible if you want, but they're still there, right? So it's not so much what I want to be known for, but who, who knows me? Who really knows me? And who do I really know? Who knows what's going on in my life? And who do I know what's going on in their life? It's not about image making. It's about (laughs) doing life together. (laughs) See, the more real you and I are, the more real God becomes. I don't know about you, but that's, I want God to be more real. And if God doesn't feel real to you, this might be the reason. I don't think the word transparency is in the Bible. I think the best example or best word in the Bible would be humility. You and I be humble enough to share the real us. Because it's hard. It is scary. That's the only way you and I can truly grow. So please, seriously, fill out your card. I know the pushback, I don't have time. You know, I'm not going to do this. Just take it a step at a time. Put yourself out there. Somebody will contact you. We'll talk to you. Uh, If you're already in a group, this is a great time to change groups if you want. Nobody's hurt, feelings will be hurt. Uh, Maybe you just want to get to know some other people. Uh, whatever it might be, but please, take this seriously. We're going to pray and we'll have another final song. Collect your cards and let you go. All right, let's pray. Father God, (laughs) uh, some of these verses are uncomfortable to me, I I, I admit. Um, But as much as I pour myself out into these teachings, I know that most of this stuff doesn't get remembered. What gets remembered is relationships. Relationships. Uh, and where we actually share life together, where we actually share ourselves, where we let people in. So God, as scary as that might be, I just pray for each person here, that they'll find some avenue, it could be some other group, now it doesn't have to be one of our church groups here, but some group, some group of people, they can do life together. That's the way we're wired, that's the way we're designed, that's the way we do life better together. I want to pray for anybody here, maybe not a Jesus follower, they step across that line this morning, they accept that gift. It's a free gift of your sins forgiven and a relationship with the Almighty God, that they would do that this morning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.